listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. It's interesting to me that the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. You know, when I was growing up, one of the things that you'd, you'd hear or people would try to, you know, they'd use this, they'd use this passage of scripture and they'd say, you know, see, there's de- death and life are in the tongue. And that, that shows you that you need to learn to speak, you know, speak life, not death, speak life, not death. You know, everybody always say that. You know, you got to be careful, guard your words, speak life, don't speak death, all that. And that's true. You want to speak life over yourself. However, you need to recognize that in this passage, God didn't just give you the power to speak life. God gave you the power to speak death. And there are certain things that you're anointed to speak death to. Let me give you an example. If there's a cancerous tumor... You don't speak life to a tumor. You don't speak life to cancer. You speak death to it. You curse it. You command it to die. You command it to pass from the person's body or your body if it's you you're praying for. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. There are certain things that you are required to speak death to. There are things that the enemy has sent against your life to destroy you. And you're empowered to speak death to those things and command them to leave your body, leave your house, leave your money, leave your relationships, leave your life. It's important that we remember the scripture, 1 John chapter 3 and verse 8. The Bible says that the Son of God was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil, that we might destroy. So you're anointed to destroy. You're anointed to destroy the works of the devil. There are things that have been sent against your loved ones or you personally that you are anointed to destroy those things. And the way that you do it is by the power of your word. What God has given you, the power of your word, you speak to those things and command them to leave, command them to die, command them to move, and they must move. Every obstacle has to move out of your way as you speak by the authority of the word of God. So you have death and you have life that are in the power of the tongue. Both of those things are in the power of your words. And so you need to identify, you know, don't just sit back and say, well, you know, that's how life is. You know, sometimes things just happen like this. And, you know, sometimes things just come down through life's path and you just got to learn how to make lemons when life gives you lemonade, when life gives you lemons, all that stuff people say, that's not the case. You've got to learn that life is what you make it by the seeds that you sow, the words that you speak, the actions that you take, your dedication, and your faithfulness to the kingdom of God. And so the reason I'm starting with this uh, passage tonight, Proverbs 18.21, is because, uh, as you saw the, the, the title, Speak, Create, and Enjoy. Speak, Create, Enjoy. You should never say, you know, I hope I don't catch this. I hope I don't get that. That's, that's, that's how people speak that don't understand the power of their covenant. Well, I hope this, this doesn't happen. I hope this doesn't come upon me. I hope my family doesn't do this. I hope this doesn't happen to us. Don't talk like that. If you're a child of God, full of the power of the Holy Ghost, you don't say 
what you hope takes place, you command by a spirit of faith what the word of God says and expect it to come to pass. I expect it to come to pass. I'm not waiting to see what might happen. I expect it to come to pass by the power of the Holy Holy Spirit. And so death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so as you speak, Jesus taught this. He said that whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. In fact, let's go there. Mark chapter 11. And of course, many of you should know this by heart already. I'm sure many of you do, but I want you to see this. Mark chapter uh, 11. And let's actually start with uh, verse 12. Listen to this. There's Ashley and Ted. Love you guys. Listen to this. This is uh, verse 12 of Mark 11. On the following day, when they came from Bethany, Jesus was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Jesus cursed it. He spoke death to the tree. Jesus spoke death to the tree. And then, of course, he cleanses the temple. And then verse 20, look at this. And as they passed by in the morning, they saw the tree, the fig tree, withered away to its roots. Didn't even take 24 hours. And the thing was dead and dried up at the roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And look now, look, Jesus goes to teach on what he just did and teaches it to his disciples. And Jesus answered to them, have faith in God. And if you've heard anybody preach on this at any length, you can uh, understand that this could be translating have the faith of God or have the God kind of faith. Verse 23, for truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you've received it and you'll have it. Believe that you've received it and it will be yours, the Bible says. So Jesus takes this illustration and this this example of his own words manifesting power to teach the disciples that it's not just reserved for him but they also have the power to manifest supernatural things by the words that they speak out of their mouth. The things that you say will come to pass. The things that you speak will come to pass. The things that you declare by faith will come to pass. There is a power that takes place when you speak, as you speak the word of God. The word of God is alive. It's powerful. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And so understand, Jesus even declared this, and I, I made this uh, a couple of nights ago. I was telling you from this verse of Scripture in uh, John, the Gospel of John chapter 6. The Bible says, Jesus declared to his disciples, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. They are spirit and they are life. So when you speak something out of your mouth, As you align your words with God's words, guess what happens? When you speak, the power of God's word manifests something that was not previously there and brings it to pass. Your words become creative words. 
Think about this. The Bible says that when God created the heavens and the earth and all that's in the earth, how did he do it? He spoke it into existence. He spoke it into existence. He said, let there be, and there was. He said, let there be, and there was. God's word is a creative word. And then what did he do in the book of Genesis? You know what he said? He said, let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Let us make man in our image and our likeness. So what did he do? He actually made Adam to be just like he was and gave him the same power, breathed the breath of life into his lungs and gave him the same power to speak things and to have dominion and authority on the earth. And so I want you to catch this, that because we've been created in the likeness and in the image of God, and now that we've become new creations, that we are now uh, born again and in covenant with God and filled with his power, we have the ability, according to Jesus Christ, to speak things just as God spoke them and watch those things come to pass supernaturally. That's how it works, that by faith, we say what we believe. The apostles said, we believe, therefore we speak. We believe, therefore we speak. You speak what you believe. That's why it's important what you believe. It's important what you consider to be true. It's important what type of word that you hear preached. It's important what kind of a church that you attend, that you don't attend some church that refuses to preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ. There's many churches that will not equip you with fuel to speak faith because they themselves will not preach the unadulterated truth of God's word. They won't preach prosperity. They won't preach healing. They won't preach the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They won't preach deliverance. They just preach every Sunday, he's a savior, he's a savior, he's a savior. And while it's wonderful that he is a savior, and while it's wonderful that people need to be saved and can be saved, Paul even said, can we not move on to the deeper things? Stop making me feed you milk every single time I I come to you. Paul was teaching the Corinthians this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he said, I've been wanting to give you the meat of the word, but you stay uh, as babies, immature, and I have to keep giving you milk, 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 milk. And said that that was frustrating to Paul. And those words, by the way, were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so there's deeper things. You have to move on beyond the basic revelation that he's just a savior. He's more than just a savior. He's a healer. He's a baptizer in the Holy Ghost. He is a provider. He's a deliverer. I mean, there's there's more to Christianity than just salvation. And of course, all these things are found within our salvation, but we are empowered to begin to speak into the unseen realm by faith and watch these things come to pass. And they must come to pass. You stay in faith. You declare it by the power of God and they must come to pass. The things that you say, the things that you say, there is power in the words that you speak. There is power in the words that you speak, not just the the words that God speaks, the words you speak. And that's why Jesus took the time to teach this to his disciples. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, you shall. If you speak to the mountain, commanded to be cast into the sea. So you understand, he was teaching them the same thing you saw me do, you do it. 
You have the ability. And he goes on to say in the gospel of John chapter 14 and verse 12, the works that I do, you will do also. And even greater works than these, because I'm going to be with my father who's in heaven, which meant he was going to send the Holy Spirit to the church. So understand, Jesus, Matthew chapter 8, a centurion soldier comes to Jesus and says, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus, all he had to do was declare. All he had to do was say it. And when he said it, it came to pass. The Bible says from that hour, the servant was made whole. All he had to do was say it. And as he said it, it had to come to pass. Well, wasn't that one of the works that Jesus did? Absolutely. That was one of the works that Jesus did. And he told his disciples, the works that I do, you will do also. You will do also. And even greater works than these, because I'm going to be with my father. Let me tell you something that Jesus never did, that the apostles did, Peter in in particular. Jesus never walked across a pathway with people laying down on the side of the road. And when Jesus' shadow passed over them, they all were healed. But Peter did that by the power of the Holy Spirit. As Peter's shadow was cast over those that were sick and diseased, they were healed just by coming in contact with his shadow. So I want you to understand, there is power that is transferred to you as a believer. And when you speak, things have to change. Things have to come to pass by the power of the Holy Ghost. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. They that love it will eat the fruit thereof. Go with me to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. I want you to see this with me. You've got to begin to take your authority in God. Hey, Clay, God bless you, man. Glad you're doing well. Glad you got a miracle. God bless you. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, listen to this. You've got to take your authority and you have got to stand in faith and activate the power of God by your own words and by your own faith. Don't just let things come and sweep through your neighborhood and your school and your family and your house. No, take authority. Take your authority. Listen to what the Bible says. Amen. Amen. Clay, do me a favor. Type just a short testimony for the people to see that are on uh, Facebook, and I'll read it for those that are on YouTube and Periscope. Just a short. If you can get into one paragraph, type type it in. If, if you're comfortable doing that, I'd like to share it quickly. Uh, Matthew chapter 18, listen to this. The Bible says, verse 18, Matthew 18, 18. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. One translation says, whatever you bind on earth is already bound in uh, heaven. So I want you to catch this with me. You have the power to bind things on earth and then they'll be bound in heaven. You have the ability to loose things on earth. The Bible says, Jesus said, and it will already be loosed in heaven. So by your words, by your words, by your words, you can speak things by faith. (laughs) There's my friend, Phil. Love you, Phil. Pray your family's doing well. Love you all. Love you guys. Um, Wow. 
Clay just received a miracle this last week. Did they say it was Corona, Clay? <clears throat> I don't. I didn't. <clears throat> Carolyn didn't give me the full report, but did, is that what they told you? Literally, said so the Lord came into his room, blew into his lungs, and every disease he suffered was healed. Everything was healed. Total healing last week. We should give God praise for that. Whatever you bind on earth <clears throat> shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And so you need to understand that there is a power to bind and there's a power to loose. You can loose things, yes, and double pneumonia. Wow. So coronavirus and double pneumonia, both lungs. And God came into the room, touched him, and he's completely healed. Corona, double pneumonia, God came into the room and touched him. He's made whole. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for healing him. Praise God. That's a, that's a testimony. That's a testimony. <clears throat> so uh, Matthew chapter 18, you have the power to bind and you've got the power to loose. And when you bind things, what are you doing? You're taking authority and you're saying this will not come to pass in Jesus' name. If something tries to come against your family, take authority over it and say, in the name of Jesus, you will not come against my children. You'll not come against my family, my mind, my finances, my home. In the name of Jesus, I command you to leave by the power of God. Bind it and command it to go. <clears throat> now there's things you need to loose. The same words that can bind can loose. I lose healing virtue in my house. I'm going to just show you how to pray and how to speak tonight. Because many people, this is where they lack. Many people. Listen to that. Clay said that when the doctor said you're getting worse, God said, no, you're getting better. Doctor said you're getting worse. He said, no, you're getting better. That's it. No weapon formed against you can prosper. Amen. I pray that builds your faith. That's Clay's fresh testimony and miracle he's sharing with you tonight to let you know that this is not just something that <clears throat> preachers talk about on Sunday or from the pulpit. This is something that God's doing all over the world by his power amongst his children, and it's available for you. Doesn't matter where you're at. Doesn't matter what in the world's going on in your life. It has nothing to do with what God can do for you and has done for you. Uh, I like how my father said it for years. There's nothing that the devil can do that God hasn't already done something about it. God hasn't already done something about it. And so you have an answer. I preached it two nights ago. Before you had an issue, you had an answer. Before you had a problem, you had a word. Before you had an enemy, you had a word. Before there was a sickness, you had a word. Karen, before there was panic attacks, before there was depression, before there was anxiety, you had a word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Pre-existing conditions. That's what I preached two nights ago. Go back and listen in the playlist. Pre-existing conditions. And so I want you to hear this with me, that you have the power to bind and to loose. You speak with the authority of heaven as you speak God's words. In fact, that's what, um, if, you, if you go back to Matthew chapter 6, <clears throat> Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray. And look what he said. And we call it the Lord's Prayer. But I want you to see what he told his disciples to pray. He said, listen, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So catch that. He is telling them to pray, Lord, let your will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. We are called ambassadors of Christ in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We are ambassadors, that's verse 20, ambassadors of Christ. Now, let me just do a quick explanation of this because this will bless you. An ambassador is somebody who is sent by his home nation to go to a foreign nation and then represent the agenda of his home nation in a foreign land. And so, for example, if you were to go to New York City, you could go and see the Chinese embassy in New York City. Well, the ambassador, when he's there, he is representing the affairs, the agenda of China in the United States of America. And the agreement that we have with China to have an embassy there and that we have embassies there, they have embassies here, which is very interesting because think about this. When you go into a Chinese embassy, our police officers, our law enforcement, everybody has no jurisdiction in the embassy. None. Our police can't run in there and arrest anybody. They have no authority. They have no authority. Why? Because that embassy has been established, but that land is literally, it's like you're standing in Chinese, on Chinese ground. As you step into the Chinese embassy, it's like you're standing on Chinese ground and legally you are. That's why the police have no authority there. Well, if we're ambassadors, remember this, and Jesus said, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he's teaching us to pray that way and to understand that way. That this, we have the ability to bring the agenda of heaven and enforce it on the earth, which means wherever my foot treads, I have dominion because I'm an ambassador, meaning this world is no longer my home. Heaven is my home. So what am I doing? I'm representing the agenda of heaven on the earth, which means I've got authority and I've got power to do what Jesus said I could do as an ambassador of heaven in a foreign land which means the things that used to have um, authority over me no longer do. Once my citizenship changed, then the things that used to have authority over me no longer do, which means sickness and disease do not have jurisdiction in my body. It means poverty and lack do not have jurisdiction on my finances. It means that Fear, it means that depression, it means that anxiety, suicidal thoughts don't have jurisdiction in my mind, you see? And so I want you to catch this, that you are an ambassador with the authority of heaven to enact the agenda of heaven in the earth. That's why we can speak with the backing of heaven's power behind us and declare as it is written. That's what Jesus always did. It is written, the devil will come. The devil would literally come to tempt him in the wilderness. And he said, if you're truly the son of God, turn these stones into bread and eat them. He said, no, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Hallelujah. So what was he doing? What was he saying? He was declaring and and actually not only declaring, but taking his authority over the devil and the temptations of the devil by speaking the word as an ambassador of heaven full of the Holy Ghost. And you know what the Bible says? The devil had to depart from him. Oh, let me go there because this this phrase right here, I want you to see this phrase. This phrase will stir your spirit up. Look at this. The Bible says, 
Look at this. After all these temptations, Luke chapter four, after all these temptations, I feel the Holy Ghost on this. Uh, the Bible says, verse 12, and Jesus answered the devil, it is said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Verse 13, so important. And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until a more opportune time. You see that? You see that? The devil had to depart from him until a more opportune time. You know what that means? That when you speak the word, when you declare the word, when you confess the word, it is not a good time for the devil. You say, you call people up and say, hey, is it a good time? No, it's not a good time. I can't talk to you right now. And when you confess the word, you see it in the life of Jesus. When you declare the word, when you confess the word, when you speak the word, it is not a good time for the devil. It means that everything he has planned to take you out, every agenda that he's planned to destroy your life has to turn and run from you, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. He will flee from you. Book of James, resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. How do you resist him? By speaking. The, that's how Jesus resisted him. How did Jesus resist him? No, it is written. It is written. It is written. It is written. If you ever come to the place where you say, well, I don't know. I wonder if, you know, people say, you better be careful. You're going to catch. No, I'm not going to catch a virus. It is written. It is written. By whose stripes we were healed. Not going to be healed. We were healed 2,000 years ago. 2,000 years ago. Luke chapter 4. Go and read it. Verses 1 through 14. And it'll stir your spirit. It is written. How do you resist the devil and make him flee from you? you? You confess, speak, and stand on the word. You confess, you speak, you stand on the word. It is written. When you speak it, the power of it comes out of your mouth and the enemy must run. You know the word flee means to run away as if in terror. To flee. To run away as if in terror. And so I want you to hear me as I'm teaching you this, James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee. The way you resist him is you continue to speak the word, confess the word. Don't allow your confession to falter because of what's going on in the world, because of what you hear on the news, because of what your friend said, because of something someone forwarded you on Facebook. Don't allow that to change your confession. What I say Get this, what I say is not based on what I see in the natural. What I say is based on what he said. What I say is based on what he said. For me to to begin to, listen to this, if I contradict the word of God with my words, it's me saying, I know better than God. I am smarter than God. I have more insight than God. When I begin to confess things over my family, my life, my mind that contradict what the word of God that's written said about me as an individual and as a child of God, it is me saying, I've got more wisdom. I've got more insight than God himself. And that's not the case. 
That's not by any means the case. The Bible, and God spoke this just so we'd know. In Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, he says, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. God's ways are higher than mine. God's thoughts are higher than mine. Catch this. His abilities are higher than mine. So I should tap into his rather than relying on the flesh. Tap into his rather than relying on the flesh. I don't put my trust in men. I don't put it in the arm of flesh. The Bible says that in the book of Jeremiah, that when somebody puts their trust in the arm of flesh, that they're literally turning their back upon God and bringing a curse upon themselves. Book of Jeremiah. When any person puts their trust in the arm of flesh, listen to this. I'm going to read it to you. Jeremiah 17 and verse 5. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength, and in doing so, turns his heart away from the Lord. So Jeremiah is saying that there's a curse that comes upon people who put their trust in men, who put their trust in the flesh. There's people that have more faith in their doctor. There's people that have more faith in their psychologist, their psychiatrist. They got more faith in their pharmacist. They got more faith in their chiropractor than they do in God himself. They've put more uh, uh, stock in what those men say. They put more faith in what they do than what God said and what he's already done through Christ. And the Bible says that when you put men over God, it brings a curse upon your life. There is no man that I trust more than God himself. There is nobody that can help me like God can help me. There's nobody that can bring me into blessing the way God can. Why would I ever be uh, disheartened because a man failed or a man doesn't know what to do or a man doesn't have the way out? When are they going to find a vaccine? I don't know why there isn't a vaccine. I wish they'd hurry up and find a vaccine. I don't care if they find a vaccine or not. I mean, I hope they do for those that need it. But I'm talking about for me personally. I don't care if they find a vaccine or not. Because for me, I'm not relying on a vaccine. I'm relying on the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost, my healer who is Jesus his blood that was shed for me, that power that flows through my body, that's what I'm relying on. That is what I'm believing. I don't need them to find a vaccine for me. I don't need them to find a way out. My trust is not in the arm of flesh. Please please don't go out of this broadcast thing. Ted, Ted's actually hoping they never find a vaccine. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm not depending on whatever vaccine they find or they, that they come up with. That's not my hope. That's not my faith. That's not my help. My help comes from the Lord. Your help comes from the Lord. And so you can speak and create. What am I doing? I'm standing today 
in a future that I've already confessed, a future that I've already sown towards, a future that I've already been faithful to bring to pass by the obedience that I have to God's word. That's what I'm standing in. I Every day, think about this. Every day you are standing in a harvest of seeds gone by, words gone by, actions gone by. That would be something good for you guys to write in the comments. Every day I'm standing in a harvest of seeds, words, and actions gone by. Every day I'm standing in a harvest of seeds, words, and actions gone by. What does that mean? Today is a result. All today is is a result. It's a result of previous days before today. That's all it is. That's all any day ever is. It's just a result of things you've said, done, and sown on previous days. That's all it is. And so uh, catch this, that where you are today, don't blame anybody. Don't blame God. Don't blame your pastor. Don't blame your husband, your wife. Don't blame your kids. Don't blame your job. Don't blame the government. Because none of those things, uh, I mean, uh, without, with removing God from that equation, because the Bible says he decides who will rise and who will fall by their dedication, faithfulness, but a government can't stop you. I mean, you go through the whole Old Testament. The whole story was governments trying to stop God's people and they couldn't do it. Governments coming against Israel, kings coming against Israel. Go to the New Testament, the government trying to stop the apostles. That's It's what it always was. But guess what? Governments can't stop you. Keep on going. Keep on going. You keep on going. What else? Well, my job can't hinder me. Job can't stop me or hold me. My job's not the source of my blessing. It's not the source of my blessing at all. So there's no 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 antichrist agenda filled man or woman. No witch, no warlock, nobody operating in the occult can stop you because the power of God is on you. There's nobody that can stop you if God's for you who can be against you. Who can be against you? And so I want to encourage you with this tonight, that when you speak those words, when you speak words of faith, the power of God is activated when you speak by faith. That's what Jesus was teaching his disciples in Mark chapter 11. And then Jesus himself shows this example time after time after time. But one of the ones that gets me stirred up that I want to read to you is found in the gospel of John. Go with me to the end of the gospel of John. Look at this. The Bible says in uh, John chapter 21, the last chapter of the gospel of John. Listen to this. And after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias. And he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathanael of Canaan, Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, the two others and his disciples were together. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. And they said to him, we'll go with you. And they went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. They caught nothing. Verse four, just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that this was Jesus. Verse five. And Jesus said to them, children, 
do you have any fish? And they answered, no. And he said, well, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some. So they cast it and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of the fish. And that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. That was John said, it's the Lord. But when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and threw himself into the sea. And the other disciples came on the boat, dragging the net full of fish. And they were not far from the land, about a hundred yards away. And when they got to the land, they saw a charcoal fire that was already in place with fish laid out on it and bread. I love this. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you've just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them, 153 large fish, large fish. They, they couldn't even bring the net in. They couldn't even haul it in. Now explain to me how professional fishermen like Peter, who's done it his whole life, can go out and fish through the entire night. It's not like the fish weren't biting the bait that they had. They didn't fish with poles and they didn't fish with bait and they didn't fish with hooks. They fish with nets. They just dragged nets all night long and it didn't catch anything. But notice what happened. Jesus shows up and speaks one word, speaks one word. And as he speaks one word, such a catch of fish jumps into the net that they can't even haul it in. What do you think that the fish, the fish were just so smart that they said, let's everybody huddle to the right side of the ship all night long. Just swim right here next to the right side. Don't move. Do not move. They'll know we're here. No, all the fish in the sea were not hiding on the right side of the boat for the entire night, wherever they, you know, wherever the boat went. My belief is that when Jesus spoke the word, cast your net to the right side of the ship, that when he said it, his word created the fish. His word created. You know how I know? Because when they saw it, when they saw what happened, their heads snapped around, not knowing who spoke. And when they saw the result of what he spoke, they said, it is the Lord. That's the Lord. How did they know it was the Lord? Just by what he said, because what he said produced a harvest. What he said came to pass. After and, and let me just show you something, just by this passage of scripture, that a word of faith can do for you what hours and hours and hours of labor cannot do for you. A word of faith can do for you what hours and hours and hours of labor cannot do for you. That's what these men did and they were professionals and couldn't catch any fish. And not even knowing who spoke on the shore, they said, I don't know who that guy is, but he said, cast your net to the right side. When they did it, 153 large fish, large fish. I don't know if you've ever seen a large fish, but I've been to Hawaii when they, when they haul in a large fish and it's enough. I remember uh, my cousin, when he would take people over there as a, and do, um, you know, like, almost like missionary work in, in Hana. Back in Hana, you go down that you you go down in uh, Kahului to where they're bringing in the fish. You could get one big fish and feed everybody that came over there to do the work with one fish. This passage said 153 large fish. 
A word of faith can do for you what hours and hours of labor cannot do. It's supernatural. And they knew by the result of his words that it was the Lord. They knew by the result of his words, that's Jesus. Why did they know? Because they had already become accustomed to the fact Jesus' words carry creative power. Jesus' words carry creative power. Now, those of you that are watching, I want you to, I want you to write this in the comments. My words carry creative power. My words my words carry creative power. My words carry creative power. Why? Because Jesus gave you his authority, gave you his power, allowed you to build faith, and gave you a supernatural ability to do the works that he did and greater works than these. Your words carry creative power. My words carry creative power. I don't have to sit around and hope things are going to come to pass. I don't have to sit around and just, oh God, I just, I hope that this is my, you know, I am going to make sure by not just speaking, by doing, by sowing, by being faithful, by speaking. My word is never going to come off a faith word. You're never going to hear me just accidentally speaking words of doubt and unbelief. That's it. Write it in the comments. My words carry creative power. It's powerful. It's powerful. My words create or carry creative power. That's it. Creative power. You're never going to hear me saying, oh man, it's that flu season. I just hope I don't get sick. Got a lot of meetings coming up. Oh, and I just, I just hope I don't get sick. Bro. There's, there's preachers that do talk like that. There's Christians that talk like that. Oh, brother, I hope I don't catch it. I mean, we got a lot going on, but you know what it's like in these last days. <laughs> and it's foolishness. Foolishness comes out of their mouth. It's not faith. It's foolishness. It's, and I refuse to speak foolishness. I'll only speak faith. I won't speak foolishness. I speak faith. I hope I don't, I hope there's enough money. I hope we can, I hope we can put groceries on the table. I hope we're, oh, I hope my body doesn't, oh, no, I, it's not, it has nothing to do with hope. It has everything to do with faith. Faith declares. Hope waits to see. Hope waits to see what comes to pass. Faith declares what comes to pass. That's, that's a good object lesson for you guys. Hope. Hope is actually waiting to see what comes to pass. Faith declares what comes to pass. I'm not waiting to see what's going to happen. I say, well, you know, in the, I, you know I, I can't say that I know for sure. You know, I may catch the coronavirus. I mean, you never know. Uh, I mean, I, I, just, I just couldn't tell you because, you know, we don't know the future, brother. We don't know what the future holds. And I don't want to be presumptuous and say that I won't catch it because, you know, I don't know the future. No, I know. I know by my covenant that I'm not catching a virus. I know by my covenant that I'm not, that's not going to be my story. I know by my covenant. I know by my covenant. I know by my covenant. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I know by my covenant that it's not coming. Faith declares the future. Hope waits to see the future. Faith declares the future. Hope waits to see the future. And we're not going to sit around and hope and wait until, well, I don't know, brother. I just don't know. We're going to see. No, I'm declaring it from this night. You declare it from this night. 
Karen, if you're still watching, you declare it from this night. By faith, no more panic attacks in Jesus' name. No more anxiety attacks. No more depression. No more suicidal thoughts. No more sickness. No more disease. No more poverty. No more lack. In Jesus' name, it's coming to pass. I'm not waiting to see what's going to happen. I'm declaring by the word of God what will happen. His ways are higher than my ways. His ways are higher than my ways. It's not about what I can do and what I know. It's about what he already said. And it's, be, it's about me just aligning myself with what he already said. With what he already spoke. With whatever he already inspired the writers to write. This is God's word. And so I put it in my mouth. I put it in my heart. I put it in my mind. And I release it on a daily basis. You know what I might do for you guys because I think this would be helpful is to create maybe just confessions. One of the things we did create for you was prayer points. And if you don't have those, you can go to our Miracle Word app. Uh, it's free. And within the Miracle Word app, we have about 100 prayer points with scripture verses attached that you can use for your prayer time. But I think one of the things I'll do in the upcoming days is create a list of confessions, faith confessions that you can speak based on the scripture, that you can speak over your life and speak over your family. Maybe I'll do like a devotional or something, like a, a faith confession devotional and release it uh, for people because I think that would be key because we've got to learn how to speak the word uh, with the word. I mean, with actual scriptures backing what we're saying, but declaring those things by faith. See, you combine them as I've been doing tonight. You combine them. And what do you say? You say, I thank you, Lord, that I can never be sick another day in my life. I can never be sick because your word declares you're the God that heals me and that by Jesus' stripes, we were healed 2,000 years ago. And so sickness has no part in my body. It is trespassing on God's property for I've been bought with a price and I don't belong to myself, but I am the temple of the Holy Ghost and the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me and quickens my mortal body and sickness and disease is not more powerful than the anointing that's on the inside of me. You just start talking like that. You just start talking like that and commanding those things. I'm commanding my future by the power of God, commanding my future by the power of God. And so maybe that'll be a project that in the near future, by the way, good news, just finished further faster. It is completed. And now we're in the uh, copy editing phase layout and it's getting ready to go to the printer. I'm so happy that further faster is completed. It's going to be shipping as soon as possible. As soon as possible. I believe it'll be shipping by April. I'm believing it'll be shipping to you by April. And uh, I'm very, very excited that it's completed. It's going to build your faith and teach you about the power of impartation, how to accelerate your purpose through the force of impartation further, faster. It's going to stir you up. And I'm so happy that it's done. So happy that it's completed. I can't wait. And I've already started the next book, which is going to be great. We're getting ready to do a series called The Spirit-Filled Believer's Guide. And everything that people have questions on that they always ask questions about. You know, what, what about, what is speaking in tongues? Tell me more about speaking in tongues. Can you explain it? What does it do for you? Is it, is it uh, you know, foreign languages? Is it a heavenly language? All the questions. 
that people have, tithing, the rapture, healing. And we're going to put out separate volumes called the Spirit-Filled Believer's Guide. And so it'll be like Spirit-Filled Believer's Guide to Speaking in Tongues. Spirit-filled believer's guide to the rapture. Spirit-filled believer's guide to tithing. Spirit-filled believer's guide to faith. Spirit, and you know, just like that. Spirit-filled believer's guide to divine healing. And it'll it'll answer those questions, give you the answers, and we're going to keep them about 120 uh, pages. And we're, and we're going to do, you know, about five by seven, something like that. Something that's that we can package together at the end. It's going to be super helpful. And I've already completed the first chapter of that first one. And uh, so I'm super excited, man. We're going to get these out and it's going to build your faith, man. It's going to build your faith. And uh, I'm so very excited. I want to pray for those of you who are watching. I know many of you right now are, uh, like we said a moment ago, people are writing in prayer requests, asking God to touch their bodies, their families. So let's pray. If you're in the room with people, join hands with them and get into unity. And uh, love you, Clay. Wow. What a testimony. Can we stop for a minute and just give God thanks and praise for that testimony from Clay? Not just healed of coronavirus, healed of double pneumonia. Father, we thank you. Thank you, Jesus, for touching Clay. Thank you for healing his body. Thank you for destroying the disease. Thank you for removing pneumonia from his lungs. Thank you, Lord, for making him whole. Thank you for my brother. Thank you for that powerful moving of your spirit. We love you, Lord. Only you can do these things. No man gets the glory. No man gets the praise. God alone does these things. And by the power of Jesus Christ, we thank you, Lord, for that power. The Holy Ghost that's touching every one of us. Lord, let that same anointing that touched clay touch every man and woman that's watching tonight. Let the same power that touched him in the hospital touch every man and woman watching or listening on the podcast. I ask you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name, make every one of them whole. Take away every spirit of heaviness and and let joy be their story. Peace be their story in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that this would be the greatest month, these 10 days of glory that we confess to the end of March. And then April, let these be the greatest two months of financial increase that we've ever seen by the power of the Holy Ghost. We'll give you all the praise, Lord, and all the glory in Jesus' wonderful and mighty name. And if you believe it, shout aloud, amen. Throw your hands up in the comment section. Let me know that you received it. And do what the Lord tells you tonight to sow a seed. Many of you that are watching, you've not stepped out in faith uh, as of yet. Many of you have. But there's some of you that have not uh, asked the Holy Spirit what he'd have you to do. Uh, Listen, if we're standing today in an environment, an atmosphere, That's just a result of what we've sown, said, done yesterday. Then we've got to make a decision. I'm going to step up and I'm going to take actions that are going to cause me to flourish, that are going to cause me to increase, that are going to cause me to be blessed and prosperous in everything that I do. It's faithfulness. It's always faithfulness to the command of God. And so as the Holy Spirit speaks to you, step out in faith. Step out. What does it mean to step out in faith? It's doing something that even sometimes you feel like you cannot do on your own. It's it's something that even makes your flesh feel hindered, buffeted. You should. Your flesh should get uncomfortable. My wife and I were on this morning on the broadcast together. We talked about it, how we enjoy doing things that make our flesh uncomfortable in sowing and giving. 
because your flesh is still carnal. Your flesh doesn't want to do what pleases the spirit of God. But see, faith says, I'll do what the Lord tells me because it's pleasing to him. And as we please God, guess what happens? Harvest come, increase comes. Can I tell you what God has planned for you? Never ending increase. Never ending increase by the Holy Ghost. That's your story. You'll bear fruit in every single season, every single season. And so let me encourage you tonight. Even those you say, well, I, you know, I can't afford to sow a thousand dollar seed or I can't afford to sow a $500 seed. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to obey the voice of the Holy Spirit and do what he asks you to do. And when he asks you to do something, he knows what level you're at. He knows what you're able to do and then step out in faith and receive it. You know what really touched my heart? Somebody wrote in, and I, I, I won't say who it is, but somebody wrote in, this really, really blessed me. And, and if you're watching, you'll, you'll know that I saw your message. This really, really blessed me. Someone said, I, and then they, they had counted up over the last 10 or so days what they'd sown. And, and, they'd, and I think it was like $150 or so. So in just the last 10 days, I've sown like $155, something like that. And, and they were so excited about being able to do it. But then they wrote, I, I cannot wait to sow my first thousand dollar seed. That touched my heart. That is a heart of giving. That is a spirit of generosity. That's a spirit of giving. They said, I've already given this, this, and this, but I can't wait to sow my first thousand dollar seed. That is a heart that God honors, a giving heart that loves to serve, loves to give. I remember how happy I was the first time I, I sowed $1,000 into the kingdom of God. I'd never done it before. And I got so excited to do it. And man, I, when I wrote that check out, I felt like it was, so, I mean, to me, it might as well have been a million dollars because I had never done anything at that level before. I remember how excited I got. I remember how joyful it made me in my spirit to be able to walk that to the altar and put that kind of a seed in the ground. I got so excited to do it because I knew what, what it meant and what was on the other side of it. I, back then, I just remember thinking, man, this is, I've gotten to like the, the culmination of giving, like this is the climax. And I thought, man, I'll, I'll be able to do this now for the rest of my life. And to watch how God has increased Carolyn and me to where we're giving so much more than that now into the kingdom of God. But it was always, thank you, Janola. Did I, did I pronounce that right? Janola? Thanks for sowing. And, and to look back and see all that God's done for Carolyn and for me, that he's allowed us to continue to give at much, much greater levels and continues to be greater. It all comes through faithfulness because it's a process of faithfulness where God is testing you to see if you will do what he's asking you to do. You know, when God gets ready to level you up to the next level, he goes back through his book of remembrance and sees if you're faithful to do with what you have what he's asked you to do. The Bible says God alone decides who will rise and who will fall, which means he's looking at our faithfulness. And so I want to encourage every one of you that are watching, maybe you're listening on the podcast, you can swipe up and you can go to the description of the podcast. There's links you can click right now to sow a seed from your phone. But you can go to miracleword.com and sow a seed there, or you can partner with us there on a monthly basis, $85 a month or more, however much you feel to do. 
Uh, and if you're in Facebook or Periscope and Twitter, you can always use hashtag donate in the comments. I've got so many people now that have chosen Cash App as their method to give, and they're giving, they're sowing their seeds by using Cash App. If you like Cash App, the uh, cash tag is on the screen, a dollar sign MW give. And then, of course, our PayPal information. By the way, we have Venmo now, and Venmo is the same username at MWGive on Venmo. And if you need our address to mail a check or, you know, a title deed to lands, properties, vehicles, anything like that, it's all on the website, miracleword.com. At the bottom of the of every page is our mailing address, and you can get it from there. And I want to say a big thanks to everybody because you guys are such a blessing, such a blessing. You see those videos every day that we play of the children eating around the world. That's just one of the things that our ministry is doing. But you play a part in that, and God's rewarding you for that. And so I say a big thank you to you guys, and thank you for hanging out with me every single night and every single day. Any questions here at the end of the broadcast before I go and eat the best chicken parm that has ever been made in the history of the world? You'd have thought that my wife was an Italian woman the way she makes chicken parm. It's off the chart. Big wet balls of mozzarella that she buys fresh, slices them up, melts them on top of the chicken breast with the breadcrumbs and the, the sauce is off the chart. Al dente pasta. I mean, she crushes it, crushes it. It's, it's going to be a blessing, a big old blessing. <laughs> I know, Kelly. I know it's that good. It's that good. If there's any questions, let me know. Don't forget, by the way, Resurrection Sunday's coming. And to bless your children, we've put together these Miracle Word Kids Easter boxes. Uh, they're filled with, you get a t-shirt, you get candy, you get a journal, you get a slap bracelet, Easter story, you get a custom uh, tumbler cup, screw-on lid, all that stuff. It's really, really high-quality stuff. It's great, great stuff. And only $40 for all of that. And uh, it'll be a great gift for your children or grandchildren. I love you, Phil, so very much. Please give my, give my love to your family, your dad, your mom, everybody. Um, I love my my uh, my Oakboro family in North Carolina. Love you very much. And uh, so that, those boxes will be a blessing. They're available at shop.miracleword.com. And then uh, those were asking about the app. If you're in Google Play Store or the Apple app store. Uh, you can just search Miracle Word and you'll find our app there. Our 24-7 radio stations on it. We've got uh, the prayer points. We've got videos. We've got podcasts. We've got teaching. We've got Bible translations. We've got everything all in one place. And it's free. All of it is free. And if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, you might have secret sin in your life. I don't know why you haven't done it. I don't know why you've not just quickly browsed to YouTube and search Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. and hit subscribe and the bell to be notified when new videos are available. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Peer pressure. Do it. And I appreciate you guys for doing it. And thank you once again to everybody that's sewing. We love you guys. What is my favorite dish ever? That's a hard, hard question, Ari. Hard, hard question. Um... Okay, I have something that's very close. This probably is my, my favorite ever. There's this dish that I learned to make when I was in college. 
uh, if you remember the, the chef that was on the Food Network, Emeril Lagasse, uh, he put out a cookbook. It's Cajun food. And I learned how to make this pasta that was, uh, it's like a, it's like a fettuccine or linguine, but then you add, um, uh, shrimp and you add chicken and andouille sausage and bell peppers and shallots, um, and scallions and a cream sauce. It's made with heavy cream and Parmesan cheese and garlic and all that stuff. And it's all mixed in and then some Cajun seasoning on top of all of it. So it makes like a cream sauce pasta that's spicy with spicy sausage, chicken, and shrimp with a big loaf of French bread. That is like the bomb. That's the, probably the best meal. That would be my death row meal. I would say if I was like on death row and headed for the electric chair or something, that's the meal that I'm going to make and eat before I go into eternity. It's so good. So good. Maybe I'll have to share the recipe with you guys. I kept it. After all these years, I kept it. And it is worth eating. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> it is worth eating. It's it, That's the night you throw out all the calories. You forget all of the uh, dieting and all that stuff. And you just go in. You just go in. I love that. Of course, I love lobster as well. I could eat lobster like three times a day, every day. But man, I'd have, I'd have to say that that pasta. I actually, that dish would be really good with lobster meat too. I've never tried that, but I'm going to make that that way next time. Thanks for the idea. Really, really great. Um, don't forget, we got all new courses in Miracle Word University. I'm getting ready to do some new ones while we're home and the piano one's coming up. <laughs> what? <laughs> because, uh, well, I mean like what, what else is going to be like my last meal? Like what? I'm like stranded on, if I'm stranded on a desert island or something, I can't make that. There's no, there, you know, there's like not any grocery stores nearby, you know? So when people have their last, they give you a last meal when you're, when you're going to be executed. So that's why I use that. <laughs> I love fried chicken legs. Absolutely. Ashley, no question. Fried chicken legs. Yes. The answer is yes. By the way, it's always Yes, to the fried chicken legs. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love it. I love you guys very much. I'm going to take us out with my favorite song, and I got to sing it with some of my favorite people here in Florida just a few weeks ago. And I'm thankful to be a Pentecostal. I'll be back in the morning at 10.30 a.m. I love you guys so much. Have a great, restful, peaceful night. Sleep like babies. Get your rest. And when we wake up tomorrow morning, come join me again at 10.30. And uh, I have something powerful to share with you. We're going out. My favorite song. Oh, biscuits and gravy. I cannot tell you how much I love biscuits and gravy. And Carolyn won't make them. She won't make them. Fresh biscuits and, and sausage gravy. I want it. I want it. I love you guys. I'm a Pentecostal. Have a great night. I'll see you in the morning. Oh, yes. Are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? I said, are you thankful for the Holy Ghost? I got to say this again tonight. Oh, I'm a Pentecostal. I am unashamed. We're the book of action. We are still the same. Worship God the Father, 
Lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in every way. I'm a Pentecostal. I am unashamed. We're the Bull of Acts. We are still the same. We worship God the Father. Lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in every way. We worship God the Father. Lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in every way. We've been known to get wild. Let our hair hang down. Drink till we get merry. Rolling on the ground. We cranked up the music. Danced all around. Shouting hallelujah as his glory came down. It's just our style, the way we do our thing. Oh, we're the Pentecostals, that kind in Jesus' name. I'm a Pentecostal, I am not ashamed. We're the book of Agam, we are still the same. We worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name. We're Holy Ghost and fire in every way. We worship God the Father, lift up Jesus' name, we're Holy Ghost and fire. For this Pentecostal faith, 
There's a hunger in the world that gets stronger every day. They're crying out for Pentecost. That is why we say. Was strange. When I got this Holy Ghost, I could not contain more exciting than a party, higher than a truck. It's the greatest feeling being washed in His blood. Your fire of tradition, religion's done you wrong. Feeling dry and empty, no longer have a song. The story's not over, things for you can change. Feel the fire burning as the spirit fans the flame. There's millions who have conquered, millions on the way. Living their dead churches for this Pentecostal faith. To hunger in the world that gets stronger every day. They're crying out for Pentecost. That is why we say.
Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.